Hey y'all, welcome back to the podcast. I know it's been a while. It's been like, I don't know when was the last time I finished this. I know, I just know it's been a long time. And so the Lord has really been prompting me for a long time to start recording again. But then I've been like, but Lord, it's not perfect. Last time I recorded in the recording, it kind of sounded bad. The, the, the microphone, or the, there's something wrong with the microphone of this phone. So I guess it's a little bit of my perfectionism because I can kind of be a perfectionist when it comes to these things. I, I don't know. I obsess over that for some reason. But then, you know, God just had to get me to do it. That it, It's not about it being perfect because there's no such thing as perfect. And there's no such thing as perfect you know at least in the sense that we think there is but one thing is god is not a perfectionist even when we are sometimes the holy spirit is not a perfectionist he's not a perfectionist not in our way sure he is perfect and everything he does is perfect but he is not a perfectionist and so we don't have to expect ourselves to be perfect or what we do to be perfect Anyway, I'm getting off track. So in this episode, this is the Dealing with Depression episode. And uh, we're going to take it step by step. And I, I personally have so much to share that I've gone through. So much experience and so much, so much truth, really. Because through these experiences and through the Word of God, I, I, have, like, I have a peace in my heart. Despite sometimes going through dark seasons and just stormy seas, I am able, I, I know where I'm going. I know that this is, that life is more than a mental journey. It is more of a spiritual journey. And the mental journey is a reflection. Uh, it, it's kind of like something that is parallel to your spiritual journey. So, yeah, yeah. That's it. And so in the next part of the episode, we'll talk about where life's at. And then we're going to get into the rest of the episode. So where's life? <sighs> I know that's grammatically incorrect. And I know I can obsess over grammar sometimes. But it's, I don't know, it's, it's the best thing I could find too. I don't know, it's the best phrase I could find. So where's life at right now really i gotta say i'm at peace like for real i'm at peace i got a peace in my heart and uh, over the past month it's been more than a month since i last recorded i last i mean or published an episode i love i last published on the 15th of march and that was the intro to this whole to this whole series so yeah, it's that, it's that bad. And so, yeah. And I know that, I know, I know that the procrastination was really bad because I, that sometimes I would tell God that, oh God, it was the recording quality. I want I, I, I want the recording quality to be the best it can be. And sometimes it would just be like, God, can you see, can you see what I'm going through? God, I can't do this right now. And uh, one of the things I, I love about God is his patience. I just love his ridiculous patience. I love I love his ridiculous patience with me because where would I be were it not for that? Where where would I be 
had God not waited on me in, in just times when I when I had grown tired of myself, times when I was ready to give up on myself, times when I was so disappointed in myself, God was still pleased in me. So I love that about God. So we're, I, I, I don't know, I, I feel like describing where life's at cannot be detached or separated. It cannot be separated from how, how one's relationship with God is going. So how life is going cannot be separated from how my relationship with God is going. So how is my relationship with God going? Awesome. It's, it's awesome because the reason that I'm saying this is because God is life. Life does not make sense without God. Life has no joy without God. I'm telling y'all, there's no life to life without God. There's no point of life without God. And so I, I just I just love and appreciate his presence in my life every single day. I mean, even as I was recording right now, I was like, oh God, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? And I was referring to how I was recording, but then there was, there, there's a few things happening with the sound, not with the, not with the sound, but in the background, I'm like, I'm trying to cancel out the noise as much as possible. But, but, but for some reason, it seems like every time I record, it's like, the whole world decides that to make noise that I, so that I don't record. But I guess, I guess it's it's I I'm, I I won't say it's necessarily God who sent it, but I'm saying it's God who's allowing it to teach me, you know, to push through. And so, yeah. But as for life over the past couple, over the past month, I've gone like through darkness through the valley i don't know how many valleys i've gone through or or how many dark seasons i've gone through but i've gone through darkness yet i've had peace through it all i've gone through just brokenness and yet i've had peace through it all i've gone through a lot yet i have peace in my heart and uh May I just tell you that the biggest that the biggest cause of my darkness was confusion, really, and uh, distrust in God. I did not trust God. I I was very skeptical about anything that He said, and to and yesterday and the day before that and all throughout, He's just He's just been telling me that I can tell you all these things, all this good news. I can tell you all this, but I'm not going to believe for you. You, only you can believe for yourself. I'm not going to believe for you. And so, yeah, I'm just, he, he's saying, he's asking for me to take a chance and uh, to take a chance on him, to, like to place my bet on him and he won't fail me. So, that's where I'm at. I know I, I used a lot of symbolism and uh, let me try to just, just a little bit more to explain. Um. Okay. So yeah, I've really been doubting God 
and doubting everything that he says and everything that he brings. Can I just tell you a few stories? Um, okay, so last week, last week, um, I don't know, Easter week or what? I don't know. Uh, last week, Easter's week, um, um, on Monday, came back from school. My back was hurting. And I had a horrible cold. And uh, through it all, I, I, I do not like weakness in my body at all. I don't usually deal with it. I don't usually deal with it or have it. But when I, I guess I was kind of dramatic and, and I'm kind of dramatic when that happens, I'm like, I take it to God. Everything I do is with God. So I took it to God and I'm like, God, I was very, very frustrated. God, why, why is this happening? Oh, my, my experiences. And so I want to update you that it was a setup. All of those things that God allowed that happened, they were setups. And uh, I don't know, I think, I don't know, this week or the week before that, I had something happen with my eyes. I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what happened. I, I but I was in class, and um, immediately, I still could see, but, you know, I could not see properly. I could see things, but I could not focus. It felt like, I don't know, it felt inside my eyes as if my eye muscles were not strong enough. I didn't, I didn't feel like my eye muscles were, str were strong enough to stay open and to see properly. So it happened, and, and I, I don't know... I couldn't see well to the sides. I couldn't focus well on things. And I knew that this was an attack. How do I know that this is an attack? Because, well, because, well, God let me know. He let me know through it all that first, first what happened the week before that, and then that. And I, and I was like, oh, Lord, now you're adding more to this. And, and that is not to say that. God is adding more to this. But then at that moment in class, God told me that you have to say they you have to say enough. You have to refuse this. And and I started doing that. And uh, after a while of doing that, I felt the spirit lead me to start thanking God for sight. Because the week before I had watched the testimony of a woman who's blind about how God's walking her through life you know, and teaching her through her blindness. And then immediately when I when I thought about that, I thought, oh no, something must be ha happening in my eyes, like cones and stuff, the cones of my eyes, whatever that is. It helps me to see to the sides and stuff. And um, that that's what I deduced logically. And so, and so after, and so I immediately, because I had watched that the Friday before. And so, Immediately in my mind, it came up that, oh no, what if I'm going blind? What if I'm going blind? And immediately God said, you're not going blind. And I was like, I don't believe you. I, I, I just thought that I, I don't think so, God. What if it's true? I mean, I mean, look at how it seems as if my eyesight is deteriorating. And uh, he was like, well, I guess if, if you went blind... And if I let you go blind, then I guess you'd have to put up with my sovereignty. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And uh, and uh, after a while, I felt the spirit 
lead me to start thanking him to start thanking him for sight and for everything and so i started thanking him and i and i'm not lying that immediately when i started thanking him it started getting better and better and better and after a while after a while it was all gone and i could see things well again and uh, over the past this week actually something cool happened there was a huge rainbow in the sky and i've been like i've been like wow thank you lord for that i i feel like god put that rainbow up there to just say that i i, I did that for you i did that so you could say so you could i put that up there so you could see it and um uh, I re- I remember I w- I keep on remembering more stuff so that's why I keep on going back and forth. So again I remember in class when I was in class I was telling God I was saying Lord you don't know how much I love sight I love seeing you don't know how much I felt like God maybe was letting my sight be taken away I was like God you don't know how much I love seeing the blue sky you don't know how much I love seeing the yellow leaves in fall or the flowers in spring God you don't know how much and so I was telling him that God of course he knows but I was telling him that God I, what I was meaning by that was I appreciate I really love seeing the beauty of things i really love seeing those things and uh well we went through that and uh, well here i am I'm, i all week i've just been seeing beauty and just appreciating it seeing beauty in nature and i'm like wow and i've been saying all throughout who does that who does that i i see like in the evening the way that the clouds and the sky and the sun is sometimes I'm like who does that who does that only god only god does that he puts those things up so that we can look up and go like wow that's a really big god so yeah that's that's just that's like a little bit of my valley and all that I've been and all that I've been going through kind of like in in a 10 minute 11 minutes or 12 minute recording so yeah so i know it's been a while since i last recorded a segment and i since i last published an episode so here i am after many after about two months and <laughs> after many days many weeks here i am again i'm recording again and uh, yeah let's get into the rest of the episode so the first thing i'm going to do is I'm going to define what depression is. I'm going to read from the dictionary because I want to be accurate as accurate as possible. Yeah, as accurate as possible. So, yeah. And then after that, we're going to read I'm going to read to you the main verse and then we're going to go into the rest of the episode and I'm going to, you know, then lay it out plainly and explain and just give the revelation wherever God is leading. Yeah. So, the definition of depression is a mental state characterized by a pessimistic sense of inadequacy and a despondent lack of activity. The opposite of depression is elation. Definition number 
is sad feelings of gloom and inadequacy. And boy, do I know about that. Now that we've got the definition, we're going to talk. We're going to go read the main verse and then we're going to talk this out. Yeah. So unlike usually, today we're going to have two main passages. We have Psalm 34, verse 17 and 18, which say, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as are crushed in spirit. And the second passage of scripture that we have is with Jesus. And, we're, and I'm going to read to you Mark chapter 14, verse 34. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away to, and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because they were high, their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough, the hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Today in the morning, I woke up and I started using my phone instead of praying, which is how it usually should go. I should wake up, pray, and then spend some time with God. And the prayers really are powerful and they just set the tone for my day. And so today instead... I just felt so loved by God, just felt like God is so good. And, uh, you know, at some point, I just made a discovery, a shocking discovery that made my heart sink. It just made my heart sink. And uh, at that moment, I was like, oh, no, it can't be. I'm like, let me check. Let me double check. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it totally is. And, uh, and at that point, I was so worried and I was so I was tempted to be so depressed but then after that God started speaking to me and he calmed me down in that moment and he spoke to me when I finally did pray before going to school he said you have been brave you have done your part now let me do my part let me fight for you and uh, I've just walked throughout the day with that knowledge that God is fighting for me. And despite, despite my discovery, I know God's in control and I know that he's going to make all things work for my good. I know he knows what he's doing and I know I can trust him with all my heart and he's not going to let me down. He's going to exceed my expectations. And, the, and, the, and uh, at some point in the day, I did this. And this, this really helped me. At some point in the day, I felt my soul going, going, you know, going astray in my thoughts. 
instead of going according to what God had told me to be still, he's going to fight for me. I think that verse is in Exodus 14. And uh, instead of that, my soul was just straying, and I would speak to my soul. I would say, be quiet, my soul. The Lord is taking care of this. Be still, my soul. And that was really effective. It was really powerful. And uh, I, just want, I just thought I should share that because... You know, it could it could have been the most depressing moment of my life, but here I am. It is the most peaceful time of my life. So, yeah. We're going to start with a recording of Be Quiet, My Soul, Fight for You. And, uh, yeah, here we go. Oh, mm -hmm. 
shadows. Oh, I will be your strength. And do not be discouraged. Yeah, or I will be with. your battle oh it belongs to me yeah. oh, do not fear the shadows for I will be your strength oh do not be discouraged Quiet my soul, be still and know He never fails, He never will. So the Lord is close, he is near to the brokenhearted, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's the scripture that's going to be guiding us through this whole mental series. The Lord is close, near to the brokenhearted, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And we also have another one that's going to just stick out throughout. Cast your cares Casting the whole of your cares under God because he cares for you. Because he cares for you. So, yeah, that's what, that's the two scriptures that are going to stick out. And so, this scripture that we have here, the first one from Psalm, and the second one about Jesus, those are the ones that we're going to talk about. Those are the ones that we're going to talk about and discuss and just, I'm going to elaborate on them. So let's go. So I went on the internet and I did my research. And uh, to be honest, when I did my research, I read like a bunch of articles about mental health, about depression, and I searched a few articles on on mental health and God. And to be honest, a lot of them, some of them were actually quite good, but a lot of them were actually quite depressing. How sarcastic! They were quite depressing. Uh, and but but from one that I read, I think by the American blah 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 psychiatric association or something, um one of them that I read actually made it clear to me what the difference was between depression and anxiety. It it made it clear, it really it really specified because I like to be clear and to just in my mind put things in you know, in their respective spaces, in their boxes. So, yeah. And uh, I'm not perfect. My message is not perfect. But I'm going to speak from experience. I'm not an expert. 
And if you need to see an expert, do see an expert. But this, I believe, I believe that this is really, really for the for the everyday life. And these are things that you can do to live a life of peace. It is a will of God that we should prosper even as our soul prospers, that our soul should prosper. Let me give you a modern day translation that we should prosper in our mental health. Uh, and also Jesus, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. So really, we are, we are taking all these mental health issues and the end result where we want to get to is peace. We want to get from all these and we want to get to peace. So I'm not perfect. My message is not perfect. It is emotional at some point. But I'm going to share my story and I'm going to share my journey. And from really even the things that God has been teaching me, I was really surprised at the beginning of this year when I was going through that whole dark period and uh, I was really surprised that the word of God got so personal and I actually found a word for it that I, I just love that word it's called an Jesus. search it Jesus. e-i-s-i I think g-e-s-i-s Jesus. and uh, I also uh, um, a few days ago or was it like a few weeks ago I was like I was thinking to myself, and I know this is during prayer, and I'm just goofing off in my thoughts, you know, like, uh, and I'm thinking somebody is asking me, what are you going to be? What are you going to do when you grow up? And I'm like, uh, or maybe asking me then that, what are you? What do you do? And I'm like, and I was thinking, I'm a theologian. But I, that sounded so cool to me. That sounded so cool to me. But yeah, I'm getting off, I'm getting off track. So yeah, I'm going to share from my story and from scripture and uh, I really believe that the Bible is truth and I believe that really I also believe that God has sent people into the medical field people into even the mental health field it's we really are living in a world where they're saying it's only about it's only about the mental it's on, only the experts can help you and I do I do believe in getting help from the experts I do believe in that but the experts can help you if there is no participation from you the experts can help you if it's a sin problem the experts can help you if you don't do anything they won't do things for you so really we're going to be talking about what you can do the steps that you can take in order to get from depressed to depressed, from depressed to having peace, to soul prosperity. So how am I right now? Actually, I'm quite at peace, which is really where we're going to. I'm quite at peace right now. I'm really at peace. And uh, I'm going to talk to you about how, how I got here. So that's how, that's how this episode is going to go. And then we're going to explain the scripture. We're going to break it down into pieces so that we can understand the beauty it's this is not i don't think this is an isogesis it's not personal it's i think an exegesis exegesis yeah so i'm going to be reading to you out of one of my notes one of my bible app notes 
I'm writing it in my Google Keep Notes because it's so long that I would I would get I would start doing something else and actually I would lose my note so I had to copy it and paste it in my Google Keep Notes so yeah because it because it's so long I'm not even done with it yet and uh, really it was about this scripture the one about Jesus and so that's what that's what we're going to be yeah that that I'm going to read to you that and then we're going to go talk about the scripture more in depth and uh yeah yeah let's go so first let me go to google keep notes let me see if i can find it oh here and it's loading okay 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 here it is i'm gonna read okay let me start even jesus my jesus was depressed in his humanity not in not many words, unlike I, he shares his sentiments with those he loves. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, he says, even to death. So, stay, stay up with me and pray. My Jesus, my Jesus, I am welling up with emotion exceedingly to see that my Jesus gets me. He gets me. It is not that I am crushed in spirit at the moment, but I usually am. I'm learning to break out of that thinking pattern. But this word is for me. It's for anyone who may be... Okay, let me continue. It's for anyone who may be in the valley... This is a cross between, as in, this is a cross between God and human, and God and God, and God and us. I say this because Jesus is fully human, and God is having a moment with God, and we through him, his humanity, can draw near to the Father. This is a call, an invitation into the arms of the Father. The Lord truly is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as are crushed in spirit. He understands, he cares, he loves. He loved his son and his son loved him very much. Oh, the love between the two of them. Oh, it has now become the love between the two of us. We are now one with him, even as he three in one is one. Oh, the humanity of my Jesus. Oh, my Jesus. Here is our window of opportunity to relate to him and he with us. He is in pain and his soul is in anguish. He is sorrowful. This isn't just a valley bridge. His sorrow is so great that he can taste the death of the whole world. He can taste my death, my suffering my punishment. He can taste it. I am the reason he is sorrowful. I am the reason he is enduring the suffering. Can't you see that you and I, we, the world, have wronged? We have caused his heart great turmoil at this point. We are the least deserving of his mercy. He, the Father, the Son, and Spirit, however, thought we were worth it. He thought you were worth it. 
So I'm here to tell you that you are worth it. You have worth in God's eyes. You may never understand it, but all you ought to do is accept it. You are worth it. So, troubled as he is again, he welcomes us to the answer. Still, he, Stay here while I pray and keep watch. And, uh, and that's my note. That's my note. So now we're going to go into the scripture and we're going to break it down and discuss it. So we're going to break down this verse now and now we're going to discuss it. So I mean, I mean this passage of scripture. We're in Mark 14 and we have we're, we're starting from verse 34 where Jesus says, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow even to the point of death. Stay here. And keep watch. I I looked up what watchful is, and one of the definitions is to stay awake. Stay here and stay awake with me. And it one another definition is also like to be vigilant and to be yeah, and, and that that kind of stuff. So my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow, even to the point of death. Here is our window of opportunity. Jesus welcomes us. Our Jesus the Jesus that we so proudly call Savior, he, he was depressed. He was. And to be depressed does not mean you're weak. It does not mean you're emotionally weak. But it just means that you are processing things the way that your, your brain is processing things the way that it's supposed to. Given the input that it's given, it's giving you the output. So it's doing its job. Your brain is doing its job. Your mind is doing its job. So it's not wrong to be depressed. And we all will be depressed from time to time. I'm, 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 I'm so glad to tell you that it's okay to be depressed sometimes. It's okay to be sad sometimes. It's okay. It's okay. It's not a bad thing. It does not mean you're weak. I mean, look at Jesus. He did everything right. He lived his life right. And he was about to give up his life. And look, here he is. He's depressed. So first point that I want to make today is it's okay. Even Jesus dealt with it. <laughs> that is one of the most creative out-of-the-box points I've ever come up with. It's okay. Even Jesus dealt with it. So this is Jesus, by the way. And, and Jesus is usually an emotionally stable guy. And uh, yes, he's tempted. In fact, we're told on the, like, this is like, I believe this is a second temptation that we're told of in scripture because here he's tempted to consider another way. So that's why I think it's this, it's the second temptation that is mentioned, but he was tempted way more than that. Imagine if you were the devil and you had to stop him before he ruined your whole, your whole plan. So he, he was tempted way more than that. So it's okay. Even Jesus dealt with it. I know for some of y'all, it's going to be like, it's going to be eye-opening. It's going to be like, oh my cheese and crackers. I can't believe I didn't see this before. Of course, Jesus dealt with it. And some of you are going to be like, what? <laughs> you probably got that wrong. No, no. This is, this is by revelation of the Holy Spirit. It's okay. Even Jesus dealt with it. It's okay. You don't have to disown it. You don't have to disown your emotions. I read this email that I got a few weeks ago. 
let me see if I can find it. Actually, it's not a few weeks ago. It's a few days ago. I think about a week ago. And this is what it says. It's by the Passion Translation. They send me like these, I don't know, what are, what are they called? I don't even know. Um, I think newsletters? I, I don't know. Okay, so it says, I hear his whisper. Process your emotions with me. Process your emotions with me. I've never asked you to push down your feelings when things go painfully wrong. I've never said that it's an error to experience a gamut of emotions. In fact, I gave them to you so that you can know what's going on inside of you. So you can step into communication with me and get my perspective and discover areas of mistrust, incorrect mindsets, and wounds that need healing. I allow you to feel. I actually invite you to become aware of your deepest emotion. I've never forbidden your feelings. Even I got angry when people set up shop in my father's house. I've experienced the pain of betrayal. I've cried out with the sting of loneliness and what seemed like, a, like abandonment when my father turned away from me on the cross. It's okay to be disappointed, to feel anger, to not understand and have no idea how to make things right. But in all your emotions and processing, I want to make you whole and present you with a side of me you may have not known yet. Sit and talk to me. Let's process these things together. Whispers, written by Brian Simmons and Gretchen Rodriguez. That is so beautiful. That is so beautiful, right? It is very beautiful. So really, the point that I'm trying to say here is it's okay. I just, I just want to welcome you and say that it's okay to deal with such stuff. It's okay to be depressed from time to time, anxious, worried. It's okay. It's only natural. And, you're, and your brain is working fine. Your brain is working fine, given the input that it's given. But now our goal, where we're getting to, is, is not to completely eliminate depression, which is impossible on this side of heaven to completely eliminate it so that we'd never have to deal with it again. No, that's not possible on this side of heaven. But we are going to learn how to live in peace, how to, how to live in the peace, how to receive that peace that Jesus wants us to have. Because really, he has given it to us. If we believe the Bible, and we do, he's given us that peace, his peace. He spoke his peace to a storm, a raging, raging sea, and it calmed down. That same peace he has given to us. It's our portion. So I'm going to tell you a story, and then we're going we're gonna to continue. So at the beginning of this year, as from actually from December 1st, Really, from that time, I did not trust the still, small voice of God that I've heard for so long. Of course, my hearing of the still, small voice of God is not perfect, but I did not trust it. And I thought that everything I'd ever heard before then was not true. So, actually, a day after that or two days after that, I'm watching TV and they're talking about Elijah. And they're talking about his story and then... As I, as I get to this passage of scripture, 
I immediately remember that, hey, in this story, at some point, he hears a still small voice of God. So then I read that fire, wind, rocks cracked, everything happened. The big things happened. And the Lord was not in that. He was in this still small voice. And so onward, let's fast forward. So I'm at the beginning of this year and I'm I'm actually, God has actually told me on December 31st to give up my vain philosophies. What younger me doesn't actually know at that point in time is that God knows what he's saying and that a few months from then, God, God would, would be proven to be right in saying that. So I go into the beginning of this year and uh, really... At the beginning of this year, I had this season of intense emotional breakdown. And uh, really, the problem came in where God came and he tried, God came and he would speak stuff to me. And really, there was just such a distrust between God and I. I loved him. I, I, I trusted him, kind of. But I really didn't trust that I really didn't trust. I was like, I need to check and I need the word of God because it's the only reliable thing that I have. I need the Bible, even if it's a still small voice of God. I need the Bible. Now, that wasn't wrong to say that I need to check and clarify by the Bible. But if something lines up with the character of God, and it's totally the word of God. And uh, I'm still refusing to trust God, then no wonder I was under such emotional breakdown. And so, and so reasons that I've been depressed in the past is in the past, I guess I've been depressed because of the eating disorder. I guess I've been depressed because of my war with lust. Especially with that, because every time I, I felt like really I had a really good reason to be depressed, but God was saying, I've forgiven you, let it go. And um, I've been depressed because of romance. That was, la that was last year. That was last year. In it came my dilemma. And uh, I really had to go through this whole thing with God but right now wow in all of these I'm at peace and uh, really I'm going to say I'm going to tell you the biggest cause of my depression hmm let me see okay okay so this year it was distrust in God um and for a few years of the few years of my teenage life, which it's only been like four years, almost four years. So, so it's been my battle with lust and I'm not at all minimizing because, because really going, having gone through these periods, they, the depressive periods felt like death. I use the expression of a valley. And you know that every time that I would say valley, I always thought like a canyon because I really didn't have an image of like a valley. I didn't believe that a valley was like this fertile place with 
with like stuff. It, it looks so good. I didn't know that a valley was fertile. I didn't know. I, I didn't know that it was this place. It was it, it looked the way that a valley does. I, I, I thought that I always thought like a canyon when I every time I said valley. But that that's the beauty of the message that God has inscribed in it. So so then I went through so it came to a point to certain points where through scripture, I'm in scripture through the word of God, I'm in the word of God. God is just telling me, trust me, God is just telling me that you are not God. He's telling me to give up my vain philosophies. And he's telling me to let go into his arms, to stop trying to be God and to stop trying to handle everything and to just let him be God. And... Uh, Right now, really, I'm not saying I don't get depressed. I'm not saying that I don't get shaken every now and then. But um, I'm, wow, I'm, I'm at peace. I'm the most at peace I've been in a while, right? I'm the most at peace I've, I've been in a while. And I want to share with you this message so that you too can learn to live in that peace, in the peace that Christ has provided. So, Unlike like like they would like a psychologist or a therapist or a counselor would just talk to you about the natural side of things. We're also gonna talk about our greatest help and our greatest weapon in mental stability and emotional prosperity. That is God, right? He has left he he like he is our help through it all and he has left all these things in his word that we should that we should follow along that we should know like you're going in the right way they to say that yeah this is this is the way that you do it and so yeah that's what, that's what we're going to be doing so continuing with the scripture it says going a little farther he fell to the ground and he prayed that if possible the hour might pass from him so jesus's reason for being depressed is because he's feeling the pain of the cross before the cross. He's feeling the anguish and the sorrow that comes from sin. I personally know, I told you that, it, that, it, that it's been the biggest, the anguish and sorrow that is from sin, that it, it's, the, it's the reason for his depression right now. And it's not just, I know how great it is personally from experience. I know how great it is very, very great. And so to imagine that multiplied by not just seven or almost eight billion people, but going back to even the people that have lived in the past, to think about that, to think about having to deal with their separation from God and feeling it, and his soul is crushed. So really, when I'm, when I'm feeling emotionally down, I feel like there's like, my heart is like being crushed to my physical heart. I feel it in my chest. It's like, oh, it's like my heart is being crushed. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not feeling well. So this is a reason he is depressed because of the anguish and the sorrow from sin. And I'm not implying that if you are depressed, it is because of sin. But in some cases, it is. In which case, you need to repent. And to repent, I, I, I personally have asked God, how do I repent? How do I do that? 
how do I do it meaningfully? And I guess the biggest thing that has helped me is really asking for grace. And here I am after, after, after who knows what, here I am. I'm still going. I'm still running on the grace of God. It's my fuel. I'm still running on it. And every time I feel like, you know, I'm running out and I'm becoming weak and susceptible to temptation, like right now, I can just pray for grace and that grace will sustain me again. So if it is sin, then it needs to be dealt with. And if it's a sin problem, you need to, then it can only be dealt with by God. A sin problem can only be dealt with by God. So Jesus has already paid the price for sin. And so the dilemma of being in bondage to sin doesn't have to exist. His righteousness is now yours. So really the dilemma doesn't have to exist. It doesn't mean you won't do any work. It just means the dilemma doesn't have to exist. It just means he empowers you to do it. Philippians, I believe, verse 2.13, which is my favorite verse, it says that, For it is God who is working in you both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. If God has put his will in you to do good, then he's going to empower you to do that good. If God has put it in you to want to repent, then he's going to put it in you to want to, to, to actually be able to repent. And also regarding repentance, there's also this scripture, there's also this scripture, which I've forgotten where it's found, but it says that um, godly sorrow leads to repentance. And so I guess if it's a sin problem, you can ask God to stir up within you the godly sorrow that leads to repentance. Because if sin is a root, then depression is only a branch or a leaf. Then you can only deal with it at the root. So now we dealt with, we've dealt with one part of it. So let's go to the next part. So the next part is a lot of the times we're depressed for actually very valid reasons. I mean, tragedy. So the first cause of depression that I've mentioned is sin. The second that I'm mentioning right now is tragedy. Tragedy, bad eventualities, things that are actually, you know, quite tragic. They're very depressing to think about them. So how do you deal with that? Because I'm here to tell you that we're going to deal with suffering and it's been the revelation that God has been reminding me of again, that here in this world, on this side of heaven, we're going to deal with suffering. And you better, you better come to see that you have been counted worthy to suffer for Christ's sake. It is a noble cause to suffer for Christ's sake. And so how do you go through suffering? I'm not at all minimizing suffering. I myself have, have my fair share of suffering. God does nothing but the best for us. God allows nothing that it God allows nothing that is going to only crush us. But he intends good out of every harm, out of every evil. So how do we deal with depression that is because of suffering? And we're going to now we're going to be looking at that. So depression that is caused by suffering or really we're depressed for a, ve a very valid reason just because we're suffering it doesn't mean that we have we that we have to remain crushed in spirit we have to remain 
you know, that our emotional state has to remain down because though it is okay to be depressed from time to time, it is not okay to live a life of depression. I mean, that is not what God intends for us. So God intends for us to actually endure the suffering, you know, to actually endure it well. And some tragic events do happen. Some tragic things do happen that may be the cause of depression. And look at Job, for example. He had every reason to be depressed. Every reason. And he was. He was depressed. He was very depressed. He was mad at God. Every one of those feelings. You know, one of the things I love about God, he does not want us to disown our emotions. He's like, come with your emotions. Come to me. Emotions and all. I know. I've, I, I've had times when I myself have been mad at God. And he's, he's always been like, oh, what a father he is. I love that. Oh, what a shepherd he is. Oh, what a friend he is. I love that. I love that. And so in the there's this that there's this phrase that I have in my mind that I heard on Daystar I think last week the phrase was the theology of suffering and so really on this side of heaven we're gonna we're gonna suffer and we're gonna go through tragic things depressing things but herein lies the promise Jesus says that in this world you will have tribulations but be of good cheer that is that is that is saying as in be you know be cheerful be joyful because i have overcome the world you're going to have tribulations but be joyful be of good cheer take heart be encouraged i have overcome the world so the way that we go through depression even though we're suffering is to first of all to keep our eyes on Jesus. We keep our eyes on Jesus. Not on what's going on, not on the event, not on the tragedy, but keep your eyes on Jesus. Because depression is like sinking. And last year we talked about Peter on the water with Jesus and his sinking. And I know sometimes you too have moments when you feel like emotionally you're sinking. And how and what did Peter do? He started looking at the storm, which really it was there and it was big. And he got his eyes off of Jesus. He didn't mean to. He just, you know, got distracted and looked at the side and he saw the storm. And sometimes that's what happens to us. So we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. We have to invest into our peace by keeping our eyes on Jesus. And that, that means like spending time in the word of God. That means that singing and worshiping God. That means glorifying God. And really, you know, remind yourself that God is still God and God is still good. And God works all things for our good. He works all things for our good. He works bad for our good, even evil for our good. And God does not allow any bad thing happen to us that he won't bring good out of. He's going to use up, reuse every pain. He's going to recycle it. And the way that he's going to recycle it and make it and bring it about in this grand masterpiece 
you're going to be like, I'm so glad you let that happen. It's going to be, it's going to be a moment where when you, when you're going to be like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm so glad you let that happen. I'm so glad you didn't let that happen. I'm so glad you let this happen. It's, it's amazing how God can bring about great things out of tragedy. So I want to tell you that if you're going through the tragedy, hold on, pain ends. You're going to come out on the other side. You're going to make it through. You're going to make it through. And uh, in the meantime, as you're, as you're going through this whole thing, you can live in peace knowing that God is good, God is in control, and God is working things out for your good. So keep your eyes on Jesus. It can mean stay, spending time in the Word of God to remind yourself of what God is doing in your life. It can mean like singing to God, Put just put on some worship music and just start worshiping God. I love that. Or it can mean like, it can mean like, being around people, getting yourself in that atmosphere, being around people of that same kind, being like going going to church and being with people, actually not just going to church, but connecting with people who like who are who get that kind of stuff. People who are in that kind of atmosphere. You're getting yourself in that kind of atmosphere. You're actually focusing yourself. You're focusing your view off of your problem off of your tragedy, on to Jesus, on to Jesus. Um, there's this, in Hebrews, I believe chapter 12, it says that keeping our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So keep your eyes on Jesus. Because if you don't, as horrible and, it, and as big as the storm is, you're going to start sinking so you need to keep your eyes on Jesus because he's your only hope. He's the only one who can make a mess, who can take your mess and turn it into your message. He's the only one who can take who, who can taste who can take your test and turn it into your testimony. So that that's that's the second cause. That's tragedy. And now we're gonna go and look into the third cause. So I know some of y'all by now, you're like, okay, okay. So the first cause is sin and the second is tragedy. And, uh, but I, I don't necessarily have a, a, a sin, a big sin problem that is causing me such depression. I don't think my sin is causing me such depression. And I don't, my, I, I haven't had such a big a tragedy that is causing me such depression and what is the cause and that and that's and that and now we're going to look into that the third cause is discouragement discouragement sometimes we get discouraged by small things big things and we get depressed we get depressed and so how do we deal with depression that's from discouragement so, first of all, our brain, our brain is no fool. So, we don't get depressed just, just, you know, we don't get depressed for no valid reason. Our brain takes the input that it's given, whether it's, whether it's, you know, wrong thought patterns, 
It takes the input that it's given and it transfers it into, into you know, emotions or even experiences like depression um, are not, are they're like these thermometers telling us what's going on on the inside, telling us that something's not right, something's not right, whether on the inside or on the outside. And they're like thermometers. And so one of the reasons for me, really, discouragement has come a lot of times. I mean, even with this podcast, recording this podcast, I try my best to reduce the background noise. I know I can be a perfectionist. I, I, I mean, like such a perfectionist when it comes to this. I, I care so much about this podcast and there's so much work that goes into it. And I also, I also do it for y'all because y'all, you're like, y'all have been listening to these episodes and you're like, we want more, we want more. And, and I can see that there is a need that there is a need for me, for my voice to deliver this good news. And I shouldn't be selfish with the message that God has entrusted me. Even with you, God wants to deliver a message through you. You shouldn't be selfish. Jesus says, freely you have received, freely give. So I get discouraged quite easily when I hear like, when I start recording and I start hearing background noise and I'm like, oh man, please. I I think like I expect for God to, I, I unrealistically expect for God to immediately make everything go shh and to shut everything up and make the whole world quiet just so that I can record. I think I think that I kind of have, have like that ideal. So I, I get, discouraged about that and sometimes it leads into really procrastination where I'm like but if I start again it's not ideal it's not perfect and 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 really how do you deal with that kind of discouragement how do I deal with it well I guess you just keep on going you just keep on going so the way to deal with discouragement I I I love this. I it's found in Psalm twenty-seven. Remember that day I told you I was sat on such a high. So so remember I told you about this day I was on such a high studying Psalm twenty-seven, and uh, I read this scripture and it really really blessed me. And it's Psalm twenty-seven verse thirteen, which says, "I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living." I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know what that is? That is hope. Hope. Hope overcomes discouragement. So how do we get to hope? How do we get to hope? So really, um, there's this pattern found in, I believe, Romans 3, verse 3 to 5. It's like um, testings, tribulations, Produce perseverance or patience. Patience produces character and character produces hope. So the trials and tribulations that you face, for me it would be recording the podcast and a lot of other things. This is just a small one. Really, they ought to produce patience and perseverance. And that perseverance ought to produce character ought to produce character. And then, 
it produces in me a character that, okay, okay, it's fine, it's fine. I can just keep on going. And uh, that character ought to produce hope. That is, uh, that is what we're given in the Word of God. And the Word of God is true. It's tried. It's true. It's living. We overcome discouragement by hope. And we get to hope by first letting... We go to James now, James chapter 1, which speaks to us about trials and tribulations. It speaks just about the same thing as Romans 3, 3 to 5. So um, we're going to go to James now and we're going to read. Because trust me, I really know about this, especially after trying to record this episode after all, all, all of it, all that came, all that, all the trials. James chapter one, verse two, it says to four, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, sometimes the trials that you come across, even if they're a temptation, they're the testing of your faith. On one side, the devil intends it as a temptation. And on the other side, God allows it as a test in order to produce character, to produce patience, to produce hope within you. So knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. So we have to let patience you have to let the trials produce that in us so we have to bear our trials really knowing that trials have a purpose and there's this acronym that i heard for hope um and it's really on one of these songs by by <laughs> I, for, I, for, I forgot the name when i record i'm like everything is in the recording my my mind is in the recording i forget just about everything that's going on um, let me see. Um, by okay, let me let me let me let me go on Apple Music. Um, where are they? Um, oh, King and Country by King and Country. It's called Hope. Hold on, pain ends. Hold on, pain ends. Oh, hold on, pain ends. Hold on, pain ends. So I want to tell you that really. You have to go through trials, and when you go through trials, they have a purpose. They're going to build you up, and you're going to be stronger. You're going to come out better than ever and stronger than ever. So as for me, how I got to where I am, I actually at this moment, do you remember when I said that the Lord said, I'm going to fight for you? So really, it came and at this moment when I spoke to my soul. So as I spoke to my soul, it was like the spirit was giving me revelation. And, I, and with that revelation, I was speaking to my soul. And it came to this point where, and it's a rev, it takes a while for revelations to set in. It took like a few days for me. And it's still, I'm still, it's still setting in that, wait a second, if God is in control, if God is good, if God knows what he's doing, if my life is in his hands, despite tragedies and all that, if he's fighting for me, then why am I depressed? Why am I, why am I anyway? And uh, I know this is not the case for everybody, but for some of, for some of us, it is, it, why am I, and I was like, why am I depressed? And I was like, 
Ah, for no reason, because everything is is being taken care of. God is doing every. God is doing everything. God is fighting for me. God is in control. God works everything for my good. So, well, so then I decided. Ah, oh, it's my decision now, not to be depressed because I think I'd gotten so used to living depressed, to feeling sorry for myself, and really living a life where I'm 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 always you know crushed in spirit so when i catch my soul straying in these harmful thought patterns these harmful philosophies and that goes against the word of god that goes against you know what we know as true what we know as true that though stuff happens god is still good and god is still in control and works them out for our good and uh, when i find my soul going starting to go astray i have to pull myself back and to remind myself to remind myself what god said and to keep on going and to keep on doing what he's told me to do and what am i to do i am to be still i'm going to read this to you this scripture is life-changing it really it, it really is and uh, you want get out of depression without your own participation so if you want to get yourself out of depression into peace i'm not saying you won't ever be depressed or ever deal with depression but i'm saying that if you want to stop living a lifestyle of depression and to live a lifestyle of peace as is meant as is it is it is the will of god that we should prosper even as our soul prospers you're, it's going to have to be your decision and you're going to have to be fully involved. And uh, I'm going to read to you this scripture. So, um, it's in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Oh, we don't know the verse. Oh, we'll see. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Let me see. Um, blah, blah, blah. So in this. So here, King Jehoshaphat, my favorite king in the Bible, he his his kingdom is actually attacked by these people wrongfully. They didn't do anything to them and uh, they're just attacking them for no reason at all. So then. As they're being attacked, he cries out to God and he, he ends with this. I just love it. It says, and we do not know what to do, Lord. We don't know what to do. Please come and save us. That's in the NIV where it says you, we do not know what to do. Um, I'm, I'm just here. I haven't, I haven't seen it in, in the NKJV because really I'm getting to a certain scripture. So then... We are in Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 14. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mat Mataniah, a Levite of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. 
you will not need to fight this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah, O Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And so I want to tell you that through your finding peace journey, I want to tell you that the Lord is with you. You don't need to be afraid because of anything, any tragedy, or anything, any test, any trial, any sin. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. Nothing. You only need to be still. The Lord will fight for you when you can't fight for yourself, when you don't know what to do. Just get yourself in the presence of the Lord and I tell you, He's going to comfort you when you need comfort. He's going to give you the comfort that you need. He's going to be there for you. So this, is a, this has been an amazing episode. So we have talked about the one of the causes of depression being sin, the other being tragedy, the other being discouragement. So how do we how do we keep on going? Well, through it all. Well, we just hold on to God and we don't let go. We hold on to God and we don't let go and we decide to keep our eyes on him. We also this is this is the acronym for hope that I got somewhere from the song by King and Country. I love those guys. Um, hold on, pain ends. And my own, which um, my own version is like, you're going to make it through. You're only passing through. You're going to make it through. You're only passing through. So this has been the Dealing with Depression episode. And it's not the best I've ever heard about mental health. It's not the, but it's not, you know, it's not the most psychological I hoped it would be. But I hope that you at least learned something from this. And uh, also, I, another cause of depression can be isolation. Please don't isolate. And also, the, the opposite of that, which is the extreme opposite of that, would be to over-socialize, which would get you with people who are going to change you instead of them, not for the good, but for the bad. So, reach out. Talk to people who, who are, you know, of the same kind of faith, who are of, of who, people who, who can encourage you and you them. So... Yeah, so yeah, that's it. And also, I am so glad I finally recorded this after so long. And I'm so sorry to you. I'm so sorry to you that I took so long seeing as, oh man, seeing as I procrastinated so much. But I'm so grateful to God that this time I decided that no, 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 no. It's not going to be some unset date. I'm finishing this now. I'm doing this now. And I'm not procrastinating on it anymore. So, yeah, I'm grateful about that. And uh, if you hear my words a bit, a bit mixed up every once in a while throughout the episode, that is, un 
you won't hear unless your perfectionist like I am. Um, that is be- that is because you know, I guess I wouldn't having a good English day, cause like it's hard to juggle between so many languages. I'm grateful to God that I know them all, but uh, but but sometimes I can just babble and just I, I I feel like not every language is on my side. Sometimes, sometimes. So yeah, I also want to tell you that. Not only have I written the song "Be Quiet, My Soul, Fight for You, My Siblings," and I actually finished the song "Good News." We finished it. We lyricized it. We only have to edit. I feel we have to edit a few lines, and then it'll be a finished song. And also, there's this new song that is coming up. I call it "Reunion" because I'm going to tell you this. It's because it's the reunion of Christ and the Church. On that glorious day when everything will be restored, renewed, and reunited. So, and that's not the only song. There's also "Take My Heart." There's, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's, so, there's so many songs. I, I'm, I'm finally songwriting again, again. So, yeah. And also, there's the the next episode after this. I am. I am so excited about this. I am. This is this is like one of the greatest causes of my causes of my excitement. An episode is coming up called "To the Woman Whom God Loves, the Beloved Daughters of God." I wrote for the for the beloved daughters of God. So, if if you're a daughter of God, or if you're interested in it, you need to listen to it because I'm telling you, it's going to be good. It's. I. I really, really, really have been touched on this topic. I felt one night during prayer, I was on my knees and I felt it so strong. The Lord impressing it upon my heart that we need to do an episode about this, and uh, I am so happy and I am so honored that I get to do it. I, I'm. I'm. I, like y'all. Y'all just gotta wait and see, and it's gonna be. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. I, I I believe that the focus of of this of the episode that's coming up um, is gonna be redefining the redefining of the daughters of God, the redefining of the woman whom God loves. And uh, if you're a woman, uh, if you're a girl, I want to tell you that you are the one He loves. You are beloved. You are the beloved daughter of God. So I'm so I'm so glad you listened to this, and uh, I'm I'm so glad you kind of like you know have stuck with me for this for you know for this while, and uh, yeah. After the the episode coming up about to the woman whom God loves. Um, I think we're going to continue with our mental health series. And that's all for now. Bye-bye.